0: Hello, Shabai, and welcome back to the H-Hour podcast. It's 2022. Happy New Year. So this is the first one of the year. Let's have some fun for the next 12 months. This podcast is brought to you by Combat Cigars. Combat Cigars are a veteran-owned, veteran-operated cigar company operating right out of here, if you, if here is you, in the United Kingdom, in, based in the UK, and sourcing their cigars from... Colombia, from a farm and from a family-owned business out there who have been producing cigars for over 200 years. Combat Cigars has blends produced by that family specifically for Combat Cigars and Combat Cigars alone. You cannot get Combat Cigars anywhere else. They are unique blends. Each cigar is different and each cigar features a military-themed name and each cigar band features a British military medal ribbon the victory cigar features on it the medal ribbon of the south atlantic campaign obviously victory for the Falkland islands back in 1982 the oath of allegiance cigar features on it the medal ribbon for the long service good conduct medal the last post cigar features on its medal ribbon the victoria cross medal ribbon and the new the brand new cigar the latest cigar to be added to the arsenal which is called the center of mass that features on its medal ribbon the medal of afghanistan the afghanistan campaign medal afghanistan operational service medal i should say um commonly known as the herrick medal operation herrick and the reason being is that the center of mass is where in marksmanship principles British soldiers, British service personnel are taught to shoot at the centre of mass to have the most chance to hit the target. The reason the Herrick medal ribbon is on the cigar is that the longest recorded British sniper kill happened in on Operation Herrick. Go to combatcigars.co.uk to get your cigars. They're on sale right now. Get amongst it. Combatcigars.co.uk. Buy veteran owned. When you get cigars for your event or for whatever you want to do, when you think of a cigar, think combat cigars. This podcast is also brought to you by Rugby for Heroes. Rugby for Heroes are a not-for-profit organisation who raise money for military charities. They do this through organising fundraising events revolving around the themes of rugby, alcohol, good company, networking and good food. They were formed in 2009 in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whittaker, who sadly killed on Operation serving with the Parachute Regiment in Afghanistan in two, uh, 2008. Since their formation, Rugby for Heroes have raised nearly £120,000 for military charities. Their support that they provide people that they provide charities is incredible. An innumerable amount of people they've helped over the years, both directly and indirectly. Myself, I've been a beneficiary of Rugby Heroes in the past, and I am very, very grateful for the support they provided me and the support they continue to provide many others. Male, female, in fact, whatever your gender, whatever your service, military ex-military, Rugby Heroes exist to support you. They have got a number of events lined up for 2022. Their next event is on the 14th of January. That is going to be a supper club at Old Glamantonian's RFC. You've probably missed the boat in that one. But if you're listening to this and it's before the 14th, okay, get in touch with Rugby for Heroes. You might be able to still get tickets. Uh, just find them on social media at Rugby4Heroes Number four heroes, or go to their website, rugby4heroes.org. Easy peasy. I strongly recommend you come along to one of the events. I've been to every single event that they've done since I came to know about them, and I plan to go to every single event in the future. The supper clubs are great. Each supper club features at least one guest speaker of notoriety, either in the military community or the, the society at large. Um, they're well worth going to. All of the events are worth going to. Rugbyforheroes.org This podcast was also brought to you by the Ardvark Group. The Aardvark Group was founded in 1982 and has established itself as a major player in its field, renowned for its exceptional technology and innovative propositions that have supported countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors, and commercial operators in theatres of war and post-conflict environments around the world. Aardvark is foremost a humanitarian organisation working to help rid the world of the explosive remnants of war. Their technologies are uniquely developed by operators for operators, which ensures that every product, system or platform conforms to the essential criteria of stability, survivability and reliability. Aardvark know that to have a truly lasting positive impact, their technologies must be cost-effective, so they've commissioned a number of projects with their research partners to develop technical innovations with the core aim of delivering affordable solutions that can be deployed directly into communities to reduce the incidence of accidents and deaths due to explosive threats. Aardvark are headquartered in the UK, and they've got offices in the USA and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And the Aardvark Group develops technically innovative solutions which support a number of critical sectors. Their portfolio of solutions is extensive, with all elements fully interoperable and capable of being integrated into your existing operational platforms. For example, the Aardvark AMCS, the Aardvark Gen 2, the Aardvark Ranger, pretty cool bit of kit, Aardvark Counter Drone Systems, their Drone systems too, for example, the Aardwark eBird and the Enduro and a bunch of other technologies and services and products they provide. They also have an online shop on their website where you can pick up kit and equipment for the operator. Whatever kind of operating you are doing in whatever environment, I should say in whatever industry, in post-conflict zones, in theatres of war and hostile environments, Aardwark has a shop where you may be, where you will be able to pick up kit. That will assist you on your merry way in those places. Go to aardvark.group, check out the shop, check out all the products and services and the technologies. It's very cool stuff. Very cutting-edge technologies are deploying. It's really interesting to look at and see and understand. And when you buy something from the shop for you, use the discount code H-H-O-U-R, and you will get a discount at checkout. The website is aardvark.group, and you can find them on social media, the Aardvark Group. Easy peasy. My guest today is Steve Lees. Steve Lees is a former battalion 2IC with the Lanx. And now he is working with Mission Motorsport and Jaguar Landover, focusing on armed forces engagement initi- initiatives. He's been involved with a whole lot of stuff through his life. He's undergone a lo- he's been through a load of different experiences, and what he's doing now is really interesting, both with JLR and with Mission Sport, This is the HR Podcast. My name is Hugh Keir, and my guest today is Steve Lees. Enjoy. Steve Lees, welcome to the HR Studio. Mate. Pleasure you. to be here. Uber fastball, di- dictated by Cameron himself yesterday.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, the slow moving as he was walking around Tesco's. Of, 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 or might need you to go over there to, uh, by the time he got home, I've, yeah, I've set it all up. And uh, if you can go around in the morning, and
0: I didn't um, know him when he was serving, but he strikes me as the kind of
1: person that loves to dick people all the time
0: I take pleasure in it, especially on a Friday afternoon.
1: Well, well no, no, it, it, it's. Um, it, no, 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 that'd be, that'd be fair. I, the thing I'm really surprised about is, 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 um, um, yeah. I think he, you know, he's, he doesn't normally turn down the opportunity to get in front of a microphone and get on camera. <laughs> I'm surprised. Whereas I normally hide in the background and um, and I'm pushing people towards the microphone and the camera. Um, yeah, it's he uh, it doesn't normally take too much persuasion to go. Um, but I think it's it's logistics very much today as well and, and he's to be fair he's been he's been keen he's pushed a couple of times and said you need to get along and speak to Hugh um, and, um, and 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 he's sort of he's, he's he's nudged me this way a couple of times and and, I, and I've sort of I, I, I you know, I, I don't like hearing the sound of my own voice so I don't often uh, do it myself uh, I normally find somebody and um, And and, you you know, there's there's lots of good people that I I want to promote out there. So push forward and 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 you know, let them tell their stories. So uh, I don't
0: think there are many people who like hearing the sound of their own voice. You just get used to it. You just get used. Oh, there are some.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, (laughs) I think I think anybody who served in the military knows that. You know, there's plenty of people who like the sound (laughs) of their own voice. Um, But um, yeah, no. Uh, But yeah, most people don't. I think the natural. You know, you naturally you're kind of uncomfortable. I'm I'm fine talking to a big crowd, brilliant. You know, and my my, um, um, my message often gets um, she's she's sort of quite surprised because she she doesn't like talking and and presenting, and and I and, you know I'll give presentations and went back an eyelid about it. And, you know and 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 she, she'll be quite surprised at sort of the size of the audience that I'm giving a presentation to, and it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's when anything's recorded, when anything's on. It's almost like there's that permanent record. You know, if you make a mistake, you know, people aren't going to forget and move on. You've got that permanent record of, of, of your voice, of your of of, of your face on camera. Um, I don't know.
0: Um, yeah, maybe it's, I mean, when, in those instances where you're delivering a talk, you're also, you're providing value there. Like, I'm not saying you're not providing value now, but you're providing value, you're teaching or educating. Whereas with things like this, because uh, for myself, when I've done interviews, it always seems like a, like a this very vain in some way, shape or form. Whether yeah. I've asked to do it or I've been asked to do it, it's like element of vanity there, which contrary to what my girlfriend would say, <laughs> I am not a vain person much much but yeah i think that's part that's part of it
1: and you can read your audience in a presentation as well you can't read your audience um good point that's a good point yeah
0: good point right cool get into it um lots of drama going on in the last couple of years but people's livelihoods for various reasons not various reasons for one reason pandemic economy jobs all sorts of health all sorts of stuff and there's a big hit coming up for the military Terms of uh, whether people are going to be still employed or not at some point in the near future. You got rain redundant in 2013, unexpectedly, completely swept the 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 carpet from under your feet, so to speak. And in a career that you would say you were completely intent on completing, going the whole nine yards. Yeah, years. absolutely.
1: What was that like? Um, uh, it, I mean, it was um, it, it, it was completely out of the blue for a start. Um, nobody expected it. You know, a commanding officer didn't expect it. Um, brigade commander didn't expect it, um, and I think um, at the time I was second in command of um, of, of two lanks and um, uh, we lost um, the two IC and three OCs in one round of redundancy. Um, Jesus, yeah, it was that. Um, it, it was it was that second year. Of, of of the rounds of redundancies where they'd grouped two years together and I think uh, statistically it was something like a one in four chance if you were an infantry major of being made redundant and of course because there was the criteria of, of grounds in which you couldn't be made redundant so those people who thought I'm possibly up for the chop here but I don't want to be had made sure they were on operational tours and of course you could volunteer for a tour at that time and you know you wouldn't struggle being able to find one and then you couldn't be made redundant um and the you couldn't, the, be. You couldn't. Okay. if you were if you were on an operational tour if you were during pre-deployment training and if you or if you were on post-operational tour leave you couldn't be made redundant you were ineligible to be made redundant because you know that would have been you know it would be a PR disaster um and and i think that's why they sort of introduced that um those rules although some people who were operational tours were quite keen and hoping they'd got redundancy um and i think we're um we're we're, you know the complete opposite disappointed as a result but i mean for me you know i'd wanted to join the army since i was five years old um it's all i can ever remember wanting to do um i i'd i'd worked very hard um i i struggled to a degree going through sandhurst um so it, it, you know it, it took a lot of effort to um um to 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 get to where I wanted to be um I then was on a short service commission um and fought very hard to um because you know I'd i'd been commissioned at a time when it was options for change and there was redundancies so there was no regular commissions um, which meant you could serve until you were fifty five and um, and so um, I, I you know I had to work hard to get into that bracket to get a an intermediate regular commission which took me to my 16 year point and then from there to get a regular commission which took me to 55. so I'd worked so hard to get to that point to then be made redundant and and you know you Yes, I had plenty of time on my side because, you know, you got over a year's notice um, that you've been made redundant. So you have plenty of time to do, you know, much longer resettlement time um, than, um, than, than, than people often get. Um, but um, even even with that year, and even for a year beyond being, you know, leaving the Army, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I remember going to uh, the uh, CTP employer Employee consultant at the um, at the regional headquarters in Preston, and and he just sort of looked and went, yeah, you know, go and be a project manager. And I said, I don't (laughs) want to be a project manager. (laughs) And he went, right, okay, we'll go and be an events manager because you'd probably run events as an officer. And I was like, I don't want to be an events manager either. I want to be a I want to be an army officer. Um, And 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 then you know his other suggestion was, well, you can have my job because I'm only here for another week. Um, And you know that that was the level of, of of advice I got at that time. And what was really frustrating is the battalion was just going into pre deployment training, so we were literally you know we were a couple of months away from that you know that embargo on, and he was being made redundant. Um, so um, you know, and I, I'd been very much working with the battalion, preparing for um, uh, uh, you know starting those preparatory training. Um, getting people the right qualifications, driving qualifications, etc., for um, for a forthcoming Afghan tour, um, and that you know that that was my mindset. That's what I was focused on. So um, it, it it really did um, it, it really did hit me hard. And and consequently, what I didn't do is I, I shut myself off from the military community, um, from the armed forces community, when I left because I was ashamed. Um, I thought there was something wrong with me. I was I was embarrassed about the fact that I'd been made redundant, um, and um, and 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 there was an element of feeling like you know, you know that was a a statement about about me and because of so you felt like you'd been selected based on like a skill yeah, or quality. Level. I'd been selected out um from from the organisation that had been my family that had been the one organisation i wanted to be a part of it was my whole identity um uh, uh, and and you know had been for over 20 years and so, I completely cut myself out, you know, and I avoided all those types of jobs that i could have i could have maybe naturally fallen into, and I would have been able to network with people who already who I knew already worked in those types of jobs. I didn't do any networking um i didn't um I, you know i didn't i didn't really reach out to um any 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 of my former army colleagues um uh, to 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 get support I wanted to shut myself away as far away from the armed forces communities i could do and then and, and so for a, you, you, you know three or four years after leaving um after leaving the army um I, I i and 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 consequently i found it very very hard uh to find work and and what i found was you know the 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 hit that i took on my self-esteem um and 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 you know it's was quite was quite significant you know on one day I'm a battalion second-in-command um, supporting a battalion that is you know deploying you know, over 150 vehicles over 500 people out to um, uh, out to another continent uh, to go on a three-month exercise absolutely smashing the three-month exercise and doing a brilliant job um, all those things together. At the same time, I'm also working on um, supporting uh, training for preparing for an Afghan tour. I'm working on um, providing uh, troops to support the security to the Olympics. I'm working on providing uh, individuals who are suitably qualified to support the, um, uh, the fuel driver strike. Uh, all these things that I'm doing and all these all these balls that i'm I'm supporting as a battalion second in command to you know roll forward 12 months and you know I I, I, I was applying for job after job and getting not back after not back after not back and I I understand doing what I do now why um, and you know I, I you know I got to the stage where you know I was applying for casual work because I just needed a job um, the money had run out and and um, and I, and I needed work. I needed to pay bills, um, and, that, and and you become more ashamed of yourself. You become more of that, you know, that sense. Every knockback you get, or every, uh, you, you know, every CV you've sent out into the void that where you don't get those replies, and you try and chase up, and nobody responds to you. Um, it, 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 it's another dent in the confidence, and and and. You know, it becomes that downward spiral. Yeah, if you don't understand it, yeah. I, I'm saying, I, I think I must have applied for...
0: Well, I, I went out and worked in the circuit. When I left, I went straight on the circuit four years out there. But then when I decided I was going to come back and work in the UK, I reckon I must have sent out 150, 200 applications, easy, in various sh- in various forms, oh, yeah. on the online platform, CV going out. And out of all of those, I got two two interviews, out of yeah. all of them. and that, So that's 100, and, well, let's say it's 200, 198 rejections. Even by not replying, it's a rejection. And unless you understand it, man, it breaks you.
1: It breaks it, you. And it's ev- Everything around as well, you know, your personal relationships and how it affects that, and and you know, you feeling that, you know, your you, you know your partner who got together with you when you were, you know, this this smart army officer in uniform, um, you know, with this with this position of responsibility, achieving all these great things, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you know, roll forward. 12 20 months whatever it is and and you stood outside cash converters with the tv so you can get enough money to pay the rent. um is that the situation you? Were oh in? yeah yeah Jesus. yeah no I, I i i went right the way down that hole um and i went further still you know i mean i i did a um i did a couple of um management roles i landed a couple of management roles um sort of uh, the, the the first job I did was with a, uh, an outdoor education center as a general manager. Um, and I hadn't gone through the transition. I went in, I, you know, I tackled that job and behaved in exactly the same way I did as a um, as a British Army major. And I spoke to my CEO and my area director in exactly the same way I would have spoken to a general and a, and a, and a, and a colonel. And... That is not how you speak to your civilian <laughs> employees, um, as I found out very, very quickly. So I, I, I talked myself out of my first job um, and found myself being made redundant and, you know, the structure changing whereby my position was made redundant um, just before the end of my um, uh, my probation period with that role. Um, and I, I then um, very foolishly went into um, uh, pub management Ooh. and um, that nearly killed me. And, and that's where that took me down my lowest point. And, you know, I lost, uh, I was working 100 plus hour weeks. Um, I was on most days averaging about two hours sleep a night. I lost three and a half stone in three months. Um, uh, and it was because I, I went in there with that military mentality of I will make it work. And the fact of the matter is it was never going to work. Um, because that's just the nature of that trade. It's, it's, and I really do feel for people in the, in the, um, in it, across the whole retail industry, but in particular hospitality retail. It's one of the toughest gigs out there. I was talked to this um, yesterday about this. So yeah. all,
0: all, all my my ex wife and all her family, they're all publicans. Yeah. All they Or they have been at some stage in their life, and her parents are, are publicans, and have been for decades. And they got, you got a place, and we were just, Kate and I were just chatting about it yesterday. It's like, um you know the the thought of basically we'd never do it like take on a pub and people don't realize it, it's so hard it's so hard is what two uh, and if you're not disciplined with your own drinking which most publicans are like that's an additional sort of pressure but in, in itself it's so hard and all you have to do the indicator of how difficult it is all you have to do is look at this look in whatever your local, town, or your local town is, and think how many of those pubs in that town have had the same publicans, the same tenancy for the entire time. There are needles in a the haystack. There, there, There's maybe one or two in the whole town. All the rest change hands as fast as small shops on the, on the high street change hands because it's so fucking difficult. And people go in there not understanding or thinking they can... Make it work, and it's nigh on impossible. Nigh on impossible. Constantly changes hands. No, high pressure. Don't do it, kids.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, you see, it's, it, it's um, uh, and seeing how, uh, uh, you know, I worked for a large pub co. Um, and, and went through their management scheme. And, um, and, and unfortunately at the time, because, it, you know, there was that redundancy, um, period, and there was a lot of people leaving the armed forces with money in their back pockets. Um, a lot, a couple of the pub codes were encouraging people saying, Oh, spend your, um, spend your, your, your redundancy money on buying into a tenancy. I'm so glad I didn't go down that road. Um, and I just went into the management road. But I mean, it, it, it got to the point where, um, uh, and it was Christmas 2000 and uh, uh, Christmas 2015, and um, uh, m- you know, when when I was just, I, I, I couldn't think straight. And this is you know, a very important lesson of um, of of how physical exercise, of sleep, of food affects your judgment and your um and your mental health. You know, you know, one of the you know one of the really important things to address, you know, supporting your mental health is making sure you're eating properly, and making sure you're exercising, and making sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, and, and, and it was a, it was a start lesson for me and a, a lesson I should have known anyway from over 20 years service in the army. Um, but it was a, a, you know, it was a lesson for me. I was, I just, I, I, I didn't know what to do and to the point of, and, 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 you know, and I know people say it, but you're working out the exact method and the way you're going to end it. And, and you're thinking, well, if I do that, then. You Know they won't find me and it won't upset them, and you know, and, and 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 you know, eventually, um, I was really fortunate in my partner stood by me and was supportive. And and she turned around and said, I don't care what you say, and she dragged me kicking and screaming along to A and E, and I was signed off. And um, first time I'd, I, I prior to that, I'd taken two days sick in over 25 years, um, and um, and the doctor just immediately, you know, said this is burnout and sign me off for three months, which of course I ignored. And, you know, <laughs> a month later and I shut myself away and I was, you know, embarrassed and I was ashamed and, you know, and that sort of further added to it. And I sort of shut myself away, um, uh, to, to, you know, where we, cause the other thing about the pub trade as well is you kind of tied in because you live above the pub. Yeah. So it's your accommodation. So you, you're tied. You're thinking where we're going to live. Um, so, you know, sold the car, um, to, pay a deposit on somewhere to rent away from the pub. And, um, and, and, but you know, a month, two months later, I mean, we had bills to pay, so we had, you know, we had neat. Um, but, um, you know, I was like, I'm fixed now. I'm fine. I feel much better. I'm great. And uh, back at work and and off doing something else <laughs> and, and down the next line. So I did a couple of sort of management jobs and then, um, and then fortunately, um, July, 2018, um, uh, saw the role that i'm I'm doing now advertised on um, um, on LinkedIn knew one of the guys so I know Adam uh, March and Wincott from when we worked together at Arc and when we worked together at, uh, at Wondiv um, so I dropped Adam a message and said um, um, what are you looking for and uh, and he dropped me a message back and said, Can you come and speak to Jim on Friday? And that was it. never looked back. Um, and been doing that ever since, uh, and and doing what I do now. I'm working alongside the charity, working you know with, with within um, Jaguar Land Rover, uh, uh, um, running their armed forces engagement. Um, it, I understand so many of the mistakes I made over that five years, and how easy it would have been not to have to make those. And and one of the goals I set myself in this role is if I can. Stop somebody making the same mistakes I made. If I can provide that level of support, if I can, you know, empathise with them and turn around and say, "Look, I know what you're thinking right now. I know how you're feeling right now. But trust me, this is the path um, you need to look at. This is this is this is the way forward." What was the biggest mistake? Uh, biggest mistake was um, was cutting myself off from that community, without shadow of a doubt. Um, not networking and just shutting myself away. Being and it goes back to what I was saying before about you know uh, uh, um, being hard on yourself, and and um, uh, you know sometimes it's the worst thing you can do um, is 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 beat yourself up over something and and punish yourself over, um, over over something. So you know being able to pick myself up and move on and and and, and you know have have you know, have that degree of confidence in myself and, and understand that, that you, you know, all those empty email addresses that you're dropping CVs into and applications into and everything else, that happens to everybody. And that's just the approach. It's the direction I was going in um, as opposed to any personal indictment as to my ability and, and, and you know, my worth.
0: That's the thing, isn't it? It's the biggest, uh, it's the, well, you, say it, you say it now, it always sounds like a cliche when you say it, but it's not, it's the network you've got. Which provides the opportunities, your best opportunities for whatever it is, employment, assistance, fucking whatever it is, and the, the best network we have. The best network you have is the one that you're most familiar with, or which you've been spent most time in. And for ex-military, is funny enough, it's the military network. You know. Um, yeah, I,
1: I mean, if you think about it as well, you know, we were brilliant during our. Army careers and, you know, our military careers, we were brilliant at listening to the lessons that other people had learned, of looking up to people who'd had that experience and, and listening to w- what they were telling you about the experience. Um, why don't you do that when you come out? You know, why 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 do all of a sudden we shut ourselves away from that and not listen to veterans who've gone through that, um, that process of finding the right employment, of listening to their experiences, of listening to... Um, you, you, you know, their understanding of a workplace, of, of, of what they're looking for, of how to go about getting yourself, you know, getting your foot in the door and selling yourself in the right way um, for that workplace. And, and, you know, I see time and time again people making the same common mistakes um, when, when, when they're coming out um, from the armed forces and, and, and looking for employment. Uh and, and and there's some brilliant networks out there, there's some brilliant organizations out there, there's some great companies that are supportive employers. Um that will um that that, that will, you know, that they can offer that advice, they can point you in the right direction. The the problem I had back in two thousand fourteen is I'd shut myself away from that.
0: Yeah. Why why do you think why do you think we we're not open to doing that when we leave? I,
1: I yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, some people are. A lot of people are. Um, and and you know, I'm I'm often quite surprised as to how forward thinking some people are about planning their exit and what they want to do beyond service. Um, but then you know, for every person you get who turns around and goes, well, at some stage in the next twelve months, I think I'm going to click the seven clicks to freedom, and and choose to leave. You're also getting that individual who's you know saying to you, have you got any jobs? Um, and you'll say, you know, when are you available? And they will go Monday. And they haven't done anything. Um, they haven't put any thought into it um, whatsoever up until that point. And they've just thought they've either buried their head in the sand over it, or they've they've thought, well, something will come up. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, for, for for a lot of people. I, I think I think realizing that that. You know, that is the network you need to tap into as well is important. Um, and um, and realising that, you know, you can talk to a veteran or you, 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 know, you can talk to somebody who's, who, who, who's employed with an organisation you might not necessarily want to work for, but listening to their experiences, there are common experiences which, which are, 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 are really useful to understand through that transition. And also understanding as well that transition doesn't stop the day you start your civilian employment transition goes on much longer beyond that and that's one of the things we've done with you know providing our support to employers is turning around and saying um you know these individuals are good but the support that um you know many veterans need in employment doesn't stop the minute you employ them um there, there will still be you know there'll be a gradual process of transition um and um and and you know, that individual's going to be all enthusiastic about going into that role. But when they realise the realities of some of the other things, not just the realities of the difference in the in the workplace environment, but the realities in the difference of of you know, their whole living situation, um, the community they're living amongst, where all of a sudden, you know, you you don't have that same relationship with the neighbor next door, because they don't do the same job as you. They don't work in the same building. They don't, you know, they don't wear the same uniform. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, one of the things I sometimes, you know, sort of draw as an example is, is, is when you have, you know, relationship troubles in the armed forces. And as you know, you, you know, when you have relationship troubles in the armed forces, something happens and, and, and you know, we, we understand the importance of supporting that serving person. Uh, and their families so you know the unit welfare officer or the families officer will will pop round and and either help sort the situation out and, and smooth the situation over and provide that guidance and support or make the process of separation as painless as possible in supporting you through that process when you come out of the armed forces that community isn't there in the same way that you can't turn around to the person at work and say well you know I'm having trouble with this and I need support with this in the same way that you can within the armed forces. And all of a sudden what you find is you find, you know, those 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 veterans who, you know, they're, they're sat in their car in a car park in Aldi with a bottle of vodka, you know, wondering how they're going to get through that. And they don't, you know, often in those situations, because they've left, they don't reach out to the former friends that they would have fallen back on and say, I'm having these problems, you know, I'm struggling. Um, and, and, and and reach out for that support in the same way um, so yeah particularly if they've not left by choice because they've still got that hang up about the fact of you, you, you know why did I leave why was I rejected from the family that I wanted to be a part of mm. yeah I think one of the main reasons we're not great at getting out
0: and doing that networking piece and and Transitioning perhaps as fast or as efficiently as we could is because you don't you don't understand where you want to be. You don't understand what you want to do. Understand what the opportunities are. And plus, I think quite often we're looking for in the same way as we stepped into the military, and that was that was the thing. I'm here. I know what I want to do now. We step out looking for our next career, immediately expecting that to be the first job you walk into, which isn't necessarily the case. I mean, if you you know talking about the length of transition. You could argue that my transition to taken best part of eight years. If you define it by, oh, I'm happy where I am, I'm in a place in the world, I'm in a job that I enjoy with a company I want to be part of. Well, eight years, we're talking eight years, and it was, you know, eight rocky years. Um, but I'm sort of, ah, oh, okay, I know where I am now. I feel as content now as I did when I was serving. You know, that content you yeah, you're, no, you know you, you're in, you know, in your job it's full of job security, you haven't got to worry about getting sacked <laughs> unless you're going to go and snort cocaine or fill someone in, in front of the CO. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? literally takes a lot to be pinned from, from the military, doesn't it? As in uh, dishonorably discharged, we say. And then, you yeah, they get the other examples like redundancy. But, yeah, I think we don't understand what the opportunities are. And you, you're not going to know. You don't know what the opportunities are available to you until you start talking to people like you say yeah as early as possible.
1: And, and, and it's it's certain mindsets that you come out with as well that can um that that, that you know that can you know now i i said about that transition piece you know when i came out and 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 um and the first role i did beyond uh beyond the army um you know approaching it in completely the wrong um the wrong way and i've seen that before and i've counseled people on that before you, you know saying yeah you kind of can't speak to people in the same way it's a different approach and it's you, you, you you've, you've got to understand that and explaining as well you know because because um, there's a degree of humility that's required, and, and you know you you'll get people who come out and they go into this workplace and they and they'll look around and because people don't work in the same way that they worked within the armed forces, they think um, they think you know they're crap. You know why aren't they doing this? Why what you know why why are they packing up their desk and leaving at bang on? Um, five o'clock when there is still work to do and having to explain to people you know and and, and, and you know I said exactly the same to, to people with my in my role within um, uh, within Jaguar Land Rover so supporting um, veteran employees when they come in and, and and providing that advice you know explaining you know they're actually good at what they do um, and they you know, that isn't necessarily a reflection of how good they are or what they do. They just do things differently. It's a different way of working, and understanding that you can work alongside those, those individuals who work in a different way, and you can offer, um, you, you know, you can you, you can offer all those good veteran transferable skills and experience which might help complement that team, but don't expect the team to immediately adopt everything, you know, in, in, in the way that you've done things within the armed forces because you think that's a better way of working. Um, you know, I mean, Jackie and Andrew have been pretty good at building cars um, for, um, for, for for decades. Um, you know, explaining to people that, you know, they the people around you just work differently. They're different you know they they and 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 you can learn as much from them as they can learn from you is really important having that open mindset having that open mind um is really important if you want to succeed and it's why many of us come you know come out to the armed forces and 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 bounce between a few jobs in our first couple of years as we as as uh, after we left um and and um yeah because and 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 this is you know, one of the things we've tried to do with um, when 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 we're looking at um, support to employers, um, both through you know the stuff I do with advocacy for Jaguar Land Rover, uh, with armed forces engagement, um, and the stuff we do with Mission Automotive <coughs> Initiative, supporting um, employers in the automotive industry, uh, helping them with armed forces engagement. Um, you, you, you know. Helping people get the right job the first time is, is 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 a goal. You know, it's something we want to do. But also recognizing when it might not be the right job, and being able to provide that continual support of saying, "Okay, well, that's not right. Let's look at where else you might be better employed. What other sort of role um, you might be better suited to um, is 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 really important because it doesn't always work first job. You know, and and it's, it's it's why work work experience placements work really really well because you get that try before you buy, you get that light bulb moment where you look around and go ah actually that's not too dissimilar to what I've done in the armed forces doing this or yeah actually I can understand how what I've done could work in that particular part of the workplace and the employer gets that light bulb moment as well because you know not every employer is um you you, you know has that um and not every line manager has that awareness as to how your transferable skills might be applicable to their um to their workplace um but all of a sudden they see you and they think you know this is brilliant you know this individual can do this this and this and i never would have picked that up from that individual cv Um, and it's things we can't articulate often on our CV as well. That are the really important things, um, that the re, you know the, the, those extra pieces that add value to the a workplace. Soft, soft skills. Yeah, absolutely. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And and not 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 just the soft skills. You know, the experiences of um, so like, um, uh, 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 you know, I think I mentioned to you yesterday. You know, one of the things I've been doing within Jaguar Land Rover is is championing. Um, uh, veterans veteran employees as mental health champions you know because we, we're a company that is you know realizes the importance of, uh, of 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 you know positive well-being and mental health um amongst um, amongst the workforce um and 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 how important that is um and so you know one of the things i was doing over the course of last year and it kind of came about by accident, was um, was giving a um a presentation on um on well being out of lockdown and considerations. And actually taking that, you know, that that so you know if we think back to I think it, it was you know during the second big lockdown of 2020, um we had a lot of um veterans amongst, you know, the noisy veterans amongst the um social media community. Um, Twitterdom and 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 all like you know and, and lots of Facebook posts and Twitter's uh, Twitter posts of, of people saying oh if you think lockdown's bad think what it's like for people on operational tours and I, I kind of there's a degree of you know yeah you, you, you know there's you know there's there's deprivations during operational tours but. Um, uh, I didn't subscribe to it in the same way. You know, you know, we 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 volunteered for that. You know, we wanted to go on operational tours, serving people. Often, most of us, um, and um, and we were mentally prepared for it. Whenever we went on operational tour. even the short notice ones, there was a degree of mental preparedness for for going on those tours. Um, when. Everybody went into lockdown. Nobody was prepared for that. You know, it came completely out of the blue. And so we were talking about this. And there, there, But there are some commonalities between, um, you know, being on operations and, and, you know, how people were experiencing life um, during lockdown. And so, you know, my line manager at Jaguar Land Rover, where I sit within Jaguar Land Rover, is I sit within uh, engagement and well-being. A performance engagement well-being team within HR, and so the head of engagement, you know, sort of, I always I have regular one-to-ones with him, and we were talking about this, and I was saying, um, and I was saying, you know, and at the time Jaguar Land Rover doing some great things, looking at well-being and mental health support to people, you know, working from home and people who are furloughed and and, and during lockdown, and and to those people who are still having to come into work, and you know. <laughs> Excuse me. Worried about the um, the 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 you, you know the effect on you, you know how much worry with with with, with their families etc. And um, and so um, uh, you know I was saying if we if we, if we're concerned if there are these commonalities between what we're experiencing during lockdowns and what we experience during operational tours then actually where we should be concerned is what happens beyond lockdown. What happens when we come out of lockdowns? And so, you know, he said, well, you know, can you, can you do a short talk on that to, you know, the HR team we sit with And And, and I did, and it just snowballed from there. And I think I've delivered that presentation now to over a thousand people in Jaguar Land Rover, various different parts of the business. Um, and, and it's amazing how many people that resonates with. Now, Part of the purpose of giving that presentation is, 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 is me turning around and saying, you know, as your Armed Forces Engagement Lead, these are the people that work amongst your, um, your organisation. These veterans that sit amongst your organisation as employees, these are people that can add a value not only with what they're doing in the, in, in, in the workplace, but other value as well from their experiences that they've had during their military service. And 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 you know one of the things that, contrary to mispreconceptions, one of the things that I've always championed, um, you know, w- w- within this role, um, both within Jaguar Land Rover and other companies that I support, um, uh, uh, with armed force engagement is, one of the advantages of your veteran employees, uh, you know, when you're focusing on mental health and you're focusing on 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 that well-being, a veteran is probably more likely to ask if you're okay not only are they more likely to ask if you're okay they're more likely to ask their you know they're more likely to ask their managers their leaders are they okay whereas you know in a lot of workplaces i find you know a, a, a lot of workplaces beyond the armed forces are actually far more hierarchical than 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 the armed forces are um and there's this common mispreconception that you know the armed forces like i mean you you know you know the the the, the you know one of the things i loved about um serving in the british army is as an officer if i was about to make a mistake if i was you know if i did something that wasn't a good idea i had a lance corporal turn around and went that's a shit idea sir and, and 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 i listened and said okay why is it and sometimes it was a shit idea because it involved them doing something um but more often than not, you know, there was a different perspective. There was a different level of experience. They looked at something from from an angle that I hadn't considered. And, you know, there's plenty of occasions where, you know, I'm still around today because I listen to my NCX. Yeah, what's interesting about that is... You don't get that as much outside of the... No, but forces. you
0: also, over my experience, you also don't get that within the commission, non-commission. So there's no way... I, I've talked about this recently in the past. There's no way I would turn around to let's say I was a Lance Jack, I wouldn't turn around to the platoon sergeant to go, that's shit, that's a shit idea. <laughs> I'd say it to the Platoon Commander, I wouldn't say it to the Platoon Sergeant. And and the reason that that popped in my head recently is because there was a situation where back when I was serving, there was a guy who went off the rails. Senior senior NCO went off the rails, right? Um unfortunately for him he's fine now, but went off the rails at the time and Im- impacted his career in a big way. And a few years before, when you look back, you go, that was obvious. We saw that coming two or three years before, maybe longer, four or five years before. could see it coming, telltale signs were there. Whereas now, I think, with the, with the, uh, with the advocacy for you know mental health awareness and the attitudes changing within in the military, I think if it was the same thing happened now, it would be flagged up in a way. But back then, you wouldn't flag it up and say such and such, I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to say the rank, but such and such, um, he needs to be, he needs to get help, because you could say it to someone else, you know, or you could, or you could if you had a, that relationship with them. you could say it to him But at the time, we didn't say it. So I think, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think you get those challenges within the, within the um, commission, non-commission group
1: Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, certainly. Because the and, thing and, is, and, and the and fact actually, of the matter is, officers are quite often wrong. And actually, so we need to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> particularly during map reading. <laughs> um, yeah yeah i'm surprised i made it here today um the um and, and well i'm surprised i actually managed to get dressed today without a sergeant major to um tell me what i needed to wear and uh, and, and you know, but no the, the the um yeah and and but doesn't there have to be a degree of that doesn't there have to be a degree of that relationship between a lance corporal and the sergeant whereby the sergeant can turn around and you know be it it, 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 it it's that relationship has to be different. Um, would you tell us, to ic would you tell the colonel that it was a shit idea? Oh, and I'd, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, abs- and, and this well, is where I we'll go back to what I was originally saying about, you know, my first job talking myself out of my first job. You can't tell your CEO and your area director that when you come out of the armed forces in the same way. You probably can, but, you, you, you know, and, 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 uh, I remember um, my area director turning around and saying, "Okay, I hear what you're saying about you know we can do this and we can do this better and we can do this better," um, which is, you know, probably what all she heard from me. Um, uh, but um, uh, um, she said, "Put it together in a presentation and you know you can present it to the CEO and we'll 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 go." And I spent weeks, hours into the night. Putting together all the statistics, putting together this presentation, it was spot on staff work. You know, it was like, I would have been quite happy to have presented that to a general. And um, and I gave this brief and the CEO's comment at the end of it was, so basically what you're telling us is we're bad leaders. And I was like, no. And I was really quite affronted that they, that's what they read from it. But actually, when I look back, absolutely, that's absolutely what I was saying. <laughs> And 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 y- 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 you know and, and and this is an organisation. This was an organisation that had gone, you know, that had grown and had immense success in a very challenging industry for ten years. Um, but I'd gone in there, you know, Lee's ex-battalion second in command. I know how I can run this better and more efficiently because I was with that military mindset of how we can do things and how we operated within the armed forces. So yeah, it, it, it's. Understanding and 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 um, and and but understanding, you know, where the value is you can add, and and and, 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 uh, and you know, going back to my uh, uh, sort of original point on this, you, you know, they you, you will often find what we're not particularly good at is we're not particularly good at asking ourselves if we're okay, and that's where we sometimes that's where we sometimes struggle and recognising it ourselves, or if we do recognise in ourselves we're not okay, of actually suppressing it. And, and thinking, well, I've got to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this strong veteran or, you know, I'm this strong individual. I, I've, I've done all these things, and it becomes even harder sometimes because you think, I've done all these things and I've survived all these things mentally that I did within the armed forces. Um, why should this um, be something that, you know, affects my... My mental health, my well-being. You know, why should this be something I struggle about? I mean, what what I found really surprising when I came out of the um, of the army is um, how mentally debilitating it is to worry about what you're going to wear the next day, about what you're going to wear to work. You know, and how you know, oh, what's everybody else going to be wearing? Because you'd spend twenty years being told what to wear, and you're like, what's the right order of dress? You know, what's and and little simple things like that that people you know, frankly, don't give a toss about it, outside of, you know, who've gone through entire civilian careers, Um uh you know, how little things like that can affect people who've served and and understanding that a little thing like that. And, you know, when I've talked to line managers um, uh, uh, in, in, you know, in Jaguar Land Rover and in other companies as well, um, where they'll be t- they' were talking about an individual employee and they'll be like well you know, he's done all these great things and yet that is the thing that he's struggling with and trying to explain why he might be struggling with that particular small thing <laughs> that to that line manager is is a non-issue you know something that's you know what what why couldn't he have you know opened the envelope and sorted out that appointment that he was supposed to sort out and trying to explain to him that actually you know, Somebody would have done that for him if he hadn't. You know, it'd have been it'd have been on part one orders, and and the platoon sergeant would have been there, going, "Make sure you go to that, um, you go to that appointment," and it would have been done for that individual. Um, and and explaining why, you know, that sometimes is the struggle. That sometimes those small little bitty things are sometimes the things that individuals struggle with in those early days of transition um, when they leave the armed forces.
0: And hey, you know, what a weird one is for me that I've i've struggled to get over
1: and only, only this
0: year or last year 2021 2022 now getting over is um it's taken it upon myself to book my leave because even leave was booked for you you're three weeks off at of summer or two weeks off at of summer like it was was allocated you didn't get to choose when it was christmas was the same you get a week off at easter maybe wouldn't you throughout throughout the year and i for the first two years in this job and currently know didn't take any leave and I get to December and I'd have 20 odd 20 odd days left to take in December you can only carry your money forward in the next, into the next into the next uh, into the next year and I end up frankly having to take all the leave and not be able to do it you know it's weird weird little things working
1: during leave is something that I find myself very you know yeah, yeah very hard not to do to stop myself doing answering emails and 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 you know turning things off and 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 the other thing is 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 um, um, going home or you know now we don't go home you know we, a lot of us are working from home but you know closing the laptop and and sort of putting it away and and actually doing a working day a normal working day and and and, and I found you know in, in, in a couple of roles I've done I've really struggled with the fact that i've not you know i've not worked an 80 hour week and thrashed myself to death uh to near death and relationship breakdown within the course of every week of work um because you 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 know you you become so accustomed to that and 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 in 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 the you know when you're in the army it's 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 hot and cold you have periods of time where it's you know, really relaxing and, and, and a very nice work-life balance. Uh, and then you have other periods of time which are incredibly intense. But as we all know, during that last decade that I was serving, certainly those periods of intensity were more frequent than the periods of, of, of you know, when it was quieter and when you had that relaxing time and lots of time off and, you know, short, shorter working days and everything. Um, so, you, you know, that started to become the norm, Whereas before it had been the exception, um, and that started to become the norm, and and so you you, you then you know you, you came out of the armed forces at that time thinking, well I've not you know I've not worked an 80 hour week I've not thrashed myself half to death, I've not I'm not I'm not adding value I'm not earning my salary here I should be, you know and and you, you, it's very easy to get very hard on yourself and 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 to to overwork yourself, understanding you know that actually it's perfectly normal civilians don't work in the same way well some do actually and 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 you know you you see plenty i think that's another common mistake some people come into some roles and think oh yeah well i just want a nice relaxing time where I get to spend lots of time at home and you know i'm not thinking about work all the time And, and 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 actually you know explaining to them what you're doing there is you're jumping into the fire from the frying pan you know if you think that role you're looking at there is a quiet role where you're not going to be getting calls in the middle of the night and emails in the early hours of the morning um, and you're not going really to be, you know, staying late um, burning the lights, then, you know, you you, <laughs> you need to, ha- and, and again, goes back to what I was saying about work experience and, and doing work experience placements and actually having a look, or talking to somebody who already works in, 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 um, in, in, in that particular role in that um, or, or, or in, you know, that type of industry, preferably that company um, and ha- having that chat. Why are why are JLR pushing hard on the armed forces engagement? What's the value this? Um <laughs> So Jaguar Land Rover's armed force engagement sort of came about on the back of um, the first Invictus Games. So, you know, they're committed to supporting the first Invictus Games. And the then CEO, um, uh, Ralph Speth, uh, and the then... Uh, um, uh, Executive Director of HR stood up and said, "We want to recruit X amount of veterans um, and find employment for them. You know, it's really important to give these people, you know, second careers beyond um, the armed forces. Um, and um, and 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 that later then became, you know, the the you know it was a it was an open target. It was we want to provide employment for as many veterans as we can. You know, we want to become a forces friendly employer." Um, and that was sort of way back in in, in two thousand and fourteen and and that's how the mission Motorsport relationship, which Jaguar Land Rover came about as well because you know one of the things that James Cameron then pointed out to them was was it's all very well and good saying that, but actually your system for recruiting. Automatically filters out most military applicants.
0: In, in what way was it doing that?
1: Electronic sifting, um, where you know specifying certain qualifications that the individual won't have, you know where where the individual might not have that certain qualification, um, but they'll have experience that goes way beyond that qualification um, in 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 that particular. You know technical field so you, you you might have a graduate who comes out with that particular degree that's specified on the on on the job description but you'll you, you know you might have a a you know an avionics technician for example who's coming out of the you know 10-15 years you know with with electrical engineers who's got more experience <coughs> so so uh, as a result of that one of the things that um uh, uh you know, this sort of said is, you know, and 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 James said, you know, I'll prove it, and we put a guy in there called Charlie Catling, um, who was the first program manager uh, for the armed forces engagement. So initially, it was it was kind of anchored around recruitment, and I see a lot of companies do that. You know, when they start their armed forces engagement, it's anchored about employment, it's anchored around um, recruiting service talent because you have a recruitment need um and 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 so over that period of time um you know we 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 had uh bespoke programs where we looked at you know early service levers and getting those into employment uh within the industry we had um uh, work placements uh where individuals were coming in and doing work placements and 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 of work placements 80 percent of those work placements uh, led to employment Uh, we were also Uh, providing longer work placements for those people who wounded injured and sick and um, you know we put 40 um, of the 41 over that period of time um, of uh, wounded and sick veterans who went through that process were employed um, and um, most of which were employed within Jaguar Land Rover but those that weren't it was that work experience placement at JLR that had Got them the connection, got them the stepping stone into the next um, stage of employment, and um, and 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 so that was very much, um, uh, uh, you know, one of the anchors for our, the armed forces engagement that that bridging that gap between, you know, being able to recruit that service talent, um, and and within that the other pieces of support as well, you know, supporting our reservist employees, and and we were one of the first companies to get the uh, gold award on the employee recognition scheme. Uh, back in uh 2015 uh revalidated in in 2020 um and um and 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 it, it you know it, it kind of grew around that um but when i arrived in 2018 it was almost like you know it, it, the the automotive industry was going for a perfect storm at the time with you know people not buying diesel cars all the automotive manufacturers had been you know, investing all their money and investment into building <coughs> lower emission diesel cars. Um, uh, uh, you know that that sort of precipice of do we go down the road of EV? You know, is, is 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 you know battery electric vehicles? You know, is that the way ahead? Is that the future? Is that you know the solution? Is that because there's a lot of money and investment required in, in in doing that? And so car sales were significantly dropping, but the need for investment was rising. Um, and consequently, you know, you, you know, sizes of automotive manufacturers were, were were drawing down at that time. So we stopped recruiting, and you know, we we, we, we um, One of the things I found myself doing when I first arrived at Jaguar Land Rover was actually supporting people in the other direction, so providing that additional resettlement service and reconnecting them with the um uh with the armed forces community network of you know where those opportunities lie for for you know what sort of alternative employment you know they could they 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 could find um and and at the time it would have been all too easy for jaguar land rover to have turned around and gone well we're looking at you know what ways we can rationalize where, where we can save money um where we can be more efficient you know armed forces engagement we're not recruiting at the moment do we need that and they didn't, and they didn't make that choice, and they recognised actually that is still something you know we, it's important to us. We have a very close relationship with you know we've always had this long history, a relationship with the um, uh, with the armed forces. We've made those commitments in signing the armed forces covenant, and 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 um, and, and with the employee recognition scheme awards that had been awarded, and um, and and you know what else can we do? that if we're not recruiting, what else can we do to support? And, of course, there's the continual support to employees that are already within the company. So providing that support to um, veteran employees and members of the Armed Forces community, because it's not just veterans. It's your reservists. It's your cadet force adult volunteers. It's, you know, military military parents. And our Armed Forces community network within, you know, one of our employee networks within Jaguar Land Rover was actually set up and, 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 and is chaired, by a military mom, you know, her, her son serves in the uh, Royal Regiment of Fusiliers. Um, and um, it, it's, you know, bringing together that in, in employee network and providing that level of support. It's providing that, you know, that, that connection, that understanding for engagement with defense relationship management, and with, uh, you, you know, with, 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 with the parts of the armed forces that companies engage with, uh, be that on, you know, PR or um, or CSR activity, and and so you know we we continued that investment, we continued that support, and 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 you know having that employee from Mission Motorsport running the Armed force Engagement Program and being the Armed Forces lead within Jaguar Land Rover, and 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 then we really sort of recognised the utility of that when we went into because um, of course recruitment had stopped and then just as we start to get to the green shoots just as we start to get to the good point where you know there's job opportunities come back up in the industry again we get hit by the number 73 covid bus and uh, <laughs> driving through the middle of the plan and um, and and you know we went from 132 jobs on the website to one job overnight in back in first of April uh, 2020 and um, I keep on to say last year but of course it's you know doesn't <laughs> time fly but you know, so so um, we, we, we you know we hit that that period. All of a sudden, we we started to see other ways that having that, having having kept that investment, having kept that armed force engagement lead within Jaguar Land Rover, what value it could add. You know, and I found myself then um, supporting um, the uh, the you know the local resilience um forums and 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 the um and the military uh uh, structures that were then looking at potential test sites for mobile test teams so you know we we facilitated um we had one of our car parks at one of our sites was available um fortunately not had to be used um but we had another one of our sites was used for um for one of the um one of the military mobile test units coming in and then we had other you know we had other factors as well uh other other things so you know we were mobilizing reservists to support op rescript and and having and every single one of those because it was outside of the normal process of mobilization um every one of those individuals required individual support And support to the line manager and support to payroll and HR to say, this is what's happening. This is the process to be able to liaise with um, to be able to liaise with those reservist units when, you know, somebody was coming to work going, I've been mobilised and find out, you know, you haven't been mobilised. You've been asked to come in on on a on a drill night. Um, so you can have a briefing as to what you might be doing to support. You know, your unit is quite rightly anticipating what support you might have to provide. Or you might, you know, you might be asked to provide. To provide, and is and is and is. You know, is preparing for that. But you know, being able to unpick all those things and provide that support, having that. You know, not only that knowledge, but also the the right connections where I could pick up the phone and go. This individual saying this. You know, is this the case? Um, or, you know, this individual is being told they're mobilised. This individual cannot be mobilised for X reasons uh, and explaining why um, and, and provide that level of support. And, of course, what we've done further from that is the, you, you know, that that advocacy, that experience we've had with Jaguar Land Rover supporting their armed force engagement, that success we've had and understanding the additional value, not just recruiting um, but understanding the additional value that armed force engagement can add. Yeah, Mission Motorsport, back in March 2019, launched Mission Automotive, which is armed forces engagement for the automotive industry. Um, uh, launched at the Royal Hospital Chelsea, um, partnered with the Royal Foundation and Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, and, um, and supported by the MOD. And it's looking at, and it's explaining that, It's not just about recruiting. That is a part of it. Um, It is about providing that support beyond employing the individual. It is is about being able to tap into the additional transferable skills and experience that veteran employees can provide to your workplace. It's about how do you have a forces-friendly policy that supports reservists and explaining the impact of, because for us, having a forces-friendly, you know, Gold employer recognition scheme standard policy for reservists, which provides 10 days additional paid leave for that reservist, so they can go and do annual continuation training. A Jaguar Land Rover is less of an effect, you know, because it's a you know it's a large organisation that can you know absorb that, recognises the benefits of that. If you're an organisation that employs five people and one of your people is a reservist, and that person gets mobilised, that's 20% of your workforce. And that's a huge commitment. And one of the things I find when I do the advocacy piece of talking to other organisations, both within the automotive industry and outside of the automotive industry, is um, they'll often look at what we're doing with Jaguar Land Rover and go, "We can't do that. You know, we, we we're not on that same scale." But explaining and 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 letting them understand that actually, they, you know what they're doing one, you know, is is significant. When we look at the scale of the organisation that is supporting and becoming forces friendly and 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 supporting the armed forces community, but secondly also there are other opportunities where that that organisation can move far quickly and react to things far more quickly than a large organisation um, like you know Jaguar Land Rover or other big companies as well within the UK. That you will see that you know when they do something new, when they do something different, there's a process of change it has to go through. This you know, various people that have to be involved and 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 and, and consider it, understandably so. Um, whereas, you know, if you're an organisation of five people, one person turns around to somebody sat on the other side of the desk and goes, can we do this? And they go, yeah, bang, and it's on. Um, it's game on and they're, and they're doing it. And we've seen that with some of the um, smaller companies that we engage with uh, in the automotive industry, Mission Automotive, um, have been very, very quick to react and be able to provide um, levels of support and 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 um, and and you know do some really really great things both to support Mission automotive uh, Mission Motorsport the charity but also support wider armed forces engagement as well. So you know we, we we've we've gone from taking that Jaguar Land Rover model of armed forces engagement and we've gone to now we have an armed force engagement program manager at Stellantis, um, a guy called Parnigi, who actually. He he did his his work placement within Jaguar Land Rover, um, and did two years within Jaguar Land Rover before he moved on, and 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 went on to um, um, to work in Stellantis. Um, And Paul's doing some great things with Stellantis. They they you know they're leaning in, doing what they can do, and identifying what what you know and, and and. you know, we at Jaguar Land Rover are looking at stuff that Stellantis are doing and other companies are doing and going, actually that's a good idea, maybe we can do something similar to that and they're looking at examples that, you know, we've done within JLR and going, Well we'd like to do something like you've done there. There's no monopoly on this. Um being able to share that best practice, you know, even being able to share the recruitment piece. We're all trying to recruit at the moment and we're all trying to recruit the same people. We're almost at the opposite end of the spectrum as to where we were back in 2018 when that recruitment freeze came in um whereby everybody's you know we're tr- we're trying to you know get people uh, and we're going to have to tap into um other areas you know not just people who are already experienced within the automotive industry to be able to source um the people we're looking for um but you know if 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 i support as the armed force engagement program lead for jaguar land rover if i support an individual getting a job within lotus for example that's one less person that Lotus has to try and attract from who is currently working at Jaguar Land Rover, or or, or one of the potential candidates that we're currently looking at for Jaguar Land Rover. Oh, so yeah. so you, you, you know there there is this. Otherwise, it just becomes this giant lumpy mattress where we're all recruiting from the same pool. That pool isn't getting any bigger. It isn't big enough, um, and um, and we're just pushing the problem down, and 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 it's and, it, and it's cropping up elsewhere. So you know looking at. Some of the great things that have been done with the mission, some of the mission automotive partners, um, Stellantis, are offering all of the training that they that they deliver at their performance academy in Coventry. They offer that free to uh, to service leavers, veterans, military spouses. Um, so you can you know go online, uh, have a look at the courses that they run. You know some of them are e learning courses, some of them are. Uh, 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 Physical attendance courses at the academy, but they're offering those courses. You know that's one of the commitments they've made in providing that uh, that 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 training support, Uh, along with you know several other things as well. And then you've got organize. You know you've got companies like Morgan, for example. Uh, Morgan have have done a lot to support the 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 charity side of Mission Motorsport, and and of course we had um, uh, wounded and sick beneficiaries of the charity who were you know in the pit crews uh, in the car driving uh, in the um, in 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 the teams for two entries for uh, in morgan race cars on race of remembrance in anglesey in november um they've been doing other things besides um you know they they're working towards you know uh, they have employed um three veterans in the last year uh, that have come through uh, um supported through um uh, uh, the mission automotive initiative and um and you know they they've got aspirations to do far more as well in 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 terms of armed force engagement and then of course you know our most recent um uh most recent member of the mission automotive initiative is um is lotus uh, really you know real exciting things happening at lotus um and 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 some really ambitious plans uh, going forward uh, over the course of you know the next 12 24 months and 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 the future beyond that as well um, Lotus have been common signatories uh, for some time uh, and currently hold silver on the employee recognition scheme and, and we're looking at you know how can we support them how can we help them you know take that next step up towards gold so that they can provide that advocacy and support um, and of course you're going to see one of one of their um, uh w- w- one of the great levels of support they instantly jumped in with 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 which is something Jaguar Land Rover have done in the past uh and one of the examples we gave them which is um which is the poppy car of course and and I heard it before I saw it yeah this the, <laughs> this year's poppy car is 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 you know is beautiful uh lotus uh, uh, exige uh, 430 cup um and that was um that was wrapped by um, the, uh, the 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 livery manager and a team from uh, of beneficiaries from Mission Motorsport um, designed. You know the design was was put together by a team of beneficiaries from Mission Motorsport um, who um, who put the beautiful design of it together. Um, it's not something we you know it's something we've done before. We did that with the F Type SVR. Uh, back in 2017, that was only ever supposed to be for November 2017. I'm not, you know, sort of insinuating what might happen to the future of the, of the Exige. Um, but, um, you know, that was only ever supposed to be um, um, for November 2017. I drove that car back into End, um in uh, November uh, 2019. Um, so that lasted two years uh, with that poppy wrap on and the effect what, what was really interesting is wherever you took that car particularly when you took it in the workplace and you took it to you know the sites the effect that it would have on it on people the impact it would have on people in raising awareness about you know it's not just about you know a, a sexy sporty expensive toy that makes a lot of noise and drives very fast it's about the 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 impact and And uh, that that has on people, Um, and and certainly amongst the you know the the working population of of, of Jaguar Land Rover, um, you know that that was something that resonated, uh, not just with your armed forces community employees, but with all employees, you know. And whenever I used to take it, you know, and I used to take it on a road tour around Remembrance, of, of you know, for two years, around Remembrance of the sites. Um, you know, employees would come along and go, "This is, you know, this is absolutely fantastic. This is what we should be doing. You know, this is a, 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 a part of the community we should be supporting." It's not just the effect it has on those armed forces community employees. It's it's one of those things that is, you know, it, it, there's a common level of support amongst society, amongst communities, um, and and you know, employees recognise that. Employees see that, um, helping them engage is is you know that's one of the the, you know that's one of the key um you know one of the key goals of the mission automotive initiative it's being able to you know they want to do the right things they want to help the armed forces community they want to help service leavers get into jobs they want to support their veteran population they want to be able to tap into those transferable skills they want to support their reservists helping them do that is is an and and you know being able to use the examples being able to use best practice being able to learn from the mistakes that other organizations have made and and, and not make those same mistakes is um is, is is you know one of the one of the one of the key objectives of, of 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 that initiative and you know it's it's one of those initiatives one of those you know and, and it's the same for any military charity then the you're, in, you're in that you know sort of bizarre position whereby your ideal world your ideal measure of success is where you don't need to exist anymore you know, i don't think that day will come mm. but um but that's what we work towards we work towards Actually, you know, actually negating our requirement, um, which you know isn't a great business model, I suppose, but um, but there's a need for it, and and there's always other organizations that we can, you know, that we can support. Excellent, mate Steve, it's been a pleasure.
0: Is there anything that we've not mentioned that you want to mention?
1: Um, mission motorsport.com, that's right, uh, dot org, mission so, motorsport. So, mission org to look at what the charity does, mission automotive. Dot org um, uh, to look at what uh, the Mission Automotive Initiative does. Uh, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up in 2022 um, with um, Mission Automotive. One of the key things with is you know if you are a you know if you represent an employer that is interested in how you can engage with the Armed Forces community. If you're a service lever or a member of the Armed Forces community, you know be that a spouse, be that um, you know a cadet instructor. A, a reservist, or, or 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 a veteran, or a service lever. Um, we're going to have the um, national transition event. So I know you went to the one in twenty twenty, which we had just before um, that first lockdown kicked in, uh, back in February uh, twenty twenty. Great event. Great yeah, event, yeah. We've, we've we've got another one which it promises to be even bigger twenty fourth twenty uh, fourth of yep. March uh, at Silverstone, and this one promises and 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 a better time of year to hold it as well. Um, we' we'll be, be less less affected by weather but' I'll be here for that, definitely yeah. that event's coming up and and, and we 've got you know a lot more beside if you if you know if you want to know more about how you can help or if you want to know more about how you can gain employment um you know predominantly within the automotive industry but it, you know any sort of advice and support then um you know then check out the um check out the two websites drop us a line at the info address. And, um, and and the links are all on there, and um, you know we're happy to help. We're happy to support. Brilliant, awesome, brilliant. Thanks Cheers for having it.
0: me no, here. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Do follow us on social media. Do. Um, If you prefer watching the podcast, you can go and watch them on YouTube. So you can see my ugly mug on every episode and the guest's ugly mug or pretty mug or handsome mug, whoever it is the guest is. You can look into the whites of their eyes while they're spinning their dits and telling their stories and imparting their extensive knowledge and experience on you, the listener, and me, the interviewer. So, yeah, YouTube's everywhere. You can also become a patron of the podcast, um, get access to all, get access to a whole load of stuff actually. Access to the podcast, every single podcast, before it's released, released, uh, on general release. You also get access to interviews that are done that are not released publicly. I interviewed Steve separately before this podcast. It's a mini podcast, if you like. A more structured interview. It lasts about 10, 15 minutes. Each one does, and that happens with every guest. You can get a unique insight into Steve's life and experiences about other stuff that we didn't mention on this podcast. Yeah. Become a patron. Patreon.com forward slash podcasts, or go on to the podcast website charliecharlie1.com and hit become a patron. Easy peasy. I'm saying easy peasy a lot today. Do you know why? Because it's easy peasy. Become a HR patron. Don't forget this podcast was brought to you by Combat Cigars. Combat Cigars are a veteran-owned, veteran-operated cigar company. The only British military-owned cigar company in existence sourcing cigars from a family who've been producing them for over two years. Hundred years. Incredible cigars. People who try our cigars for the first time are repeatedly saying these are the finest cigars they are tasting. I am not joking. They are saying that. Yes, it surprises me too. We are very lucky to have landed on a feet with our cigar partners who produce a cigar for us. Very happy. Combatcigars.co.uk There's a sale on right now. It ends very, very soon. You need to get amongst it. Right. Get on there. And uh, there are discount codes floating about if you search for them. There are. In fact, let me think. CC2022, I think, is one of them. Yeah, I didn't tell you that. Keep that a secret. Cigars CombatCigars.co.uk This podcast is also brought to you today, today, remember, by Rugby for Heroes, the not-for-profit organisation, the fucking incredible not-for-profit organisation who organise fundraising events to raise money for military charities. Okay? This podcast, organisation is one of my favourite on the planet. One because they do good stuff, two because there's awesome people behind it and I know those people and I don't advocate anything that I don't wholeheartedly believe in. Rugby for Heroes is one of those organisations like I like to advocate advocate. Rugbyforheroes.org, rugby for heroes.org. Look for their supper clubs, look for their events coming up this year and get along to one of them or all of them. I'll see you all of them. I'm going to all of them. I'm going to make sure I do. The podcast was also brought to you today. the podcast was also brought to you today by the Aardvark Group. The Aardvark Group has established itself as a major player in its field and they've been doing that since 1982 because they're renowned for their exceptional technology and innovative propositions that support countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors, and commercial operators in theatres of war and post conflict environments around the world. Many of the listeners, many of the watchers, could be you, are one of those people. You are those people. You work in those dodgy areas. You don't mind doing it. You've got skills and experience to bring to bear, and Aardvark can help you capitalize on that. They've also got a shop uh, on the side. I say on the side. They've got a shop. It's not on the side. It's like some dodgy thing. On their website, which tells you all about the products and services, they've also got a shop where you can get... Bits of kit, bits of kit, you can get, what am I saying? They've got kit and equipment that is designed for carrying on the man or woman in those theatres of war, hostile environments, post-conflict zones. Things like trauma packs, med kits. Go on to the website Group. If you see something there you fancy, use the discount code HHOUR at checkout and you will get a discount. That's it. Thank you to the sponsors of the podcast are bringing you to podcast today thank you become a patron if you so wish and i will see you in the private discord community there is for patrons uh in the meantime chill out enjoy it's 2022 it's going to be better than 2021 i'm telling you now it's going to be better here we end the lesson until next time out